A question on the minds of many Catholics at this moment is whether or not a papal encyclical is binding on the faithful. The quick answer some will have is that no, it's not. But that isn't quite accurate. The question is a complicated one and worth going into using Fratelli Tutti as the template. This question has suddenly caused unnecessary strife among people who should be on our side of things but suddenly find themselves defending something I feel is indefensible, namely Fratelli Tutti. So up front, you can guess what my answer to the question of the binding nature of this document is, but it needs to be gone over because now Catholic figures are treating this encyclical like it is the next coming of Quadragesimo Anno, and you need to be ready for that when you inevitably have this encyclical used when you try to defend the integrity of Catholicism. So I ask this again to launch this talk. Is Fratelli Tutti binding? Is the latest encyclical by Pope Francis binding? And the quick answer is no. It's only a papal encyclical, but it's not so cut and dry. We'll go over the document and the facts here, and then I'll let you decide for yourself, but you should go into this well prepared. Let's begin with Fratelli Tutti itself, because I know that many listening are already going to their keyboards to respond with what I'm about to tell you. In Fratelli Tutti, Francis tells his audience that this document merely represents his personal opinion and isn't meant to have the gravity of the papal office behind it. Call me skeptical, but here's Francis in his own words, quote, The following pages do not claim to offer a complete teaching on fraternal love, but rather to consider its universal scope, its openness to every man and to every woman. I offer this social encyclical as a modest contribution to continued reflection, in the hope that in the face of present-day attempts to ignore others, we may prove capable of responding with a new vision of fraternity and social friendship that will not remain at the level of words. Although I have written it from Christian convictions that inspire and sustain me, I have sought to make this reflection an invitation to dialogue among all people of goodwill. End quote. Fratelli Tutti is merely a modest reflection on fraternal love that is a modest contribution to reflection. Whatever that means. And those are Francis's words, not mine. And with that, many people close the encyclical or brush it off as if it doesn't need to be considered further. But the question isn't quite so simple as all of that. A lot of popes have addressed the issue of obedience to the papal throne in the past, from Leo XIII through Pius XII and well before any of them. In the interests of time, I'll focus on Pius XII, who doesn't get as much love in our circles as he should and has been maligned by the world as of late. He addresses this issue in Humanae Generis, one of the landmark encyclicals of his pontificate that most conciliar popes actually cite from time to time, which in the modern church is remarkable by itself. In Humanae Generis, Pius XII was addressing the issue of theologians who offered ideas contrary to what the church taught. Much of this was almost certainly directed at the Nouveau Theologiae and the rest who would, a few short years later, find themselves in a position of power at the Second Vatican Council. In that document, Pius XII says in paragraph 20 the following, quote, Nor must it be thought that what is expounded in encyclical letters does not of itself demand consent, since in writing such letters the popes do not exercise the supreme power of their teaching authority. For these matters are taught with the ordinary teaching authority, of which it is true to say, He who heareth you heareth me. And generally what is expounded and inculcated in encyclical letters already, for other reasons, appertains to Catholic doctrine, but if the supreme pontiffs in their official documents purposely pass judgment on a matter up to that time under dispute, it is obvious that the matter, according to the minded will of the pontiffs, cannot be any longer considered a question open to discussion among theologians. End quote. 
For further reading of that encyclical, or listening if you prefer, I have the full text recorded on this channel. Simply search for Pius XII and you'll find it. Later discussions by theologians and other analysts seem to suggest that what Pius XII was driving at here what as, is that encyclicals have the same authority as catechisms, and they should be adhered to as such by the institutional church, though it is worth noting that no encyclical has ever been declared inerrant and infallible save for one, and that is the Catechism of the Council of Trent. That's a story for another time. The point is that encyclicals are supposed to require the Catholic on the street to take them seriously, not to be dismissed as such, and that's a problem, as we'll see, because while Francis himself states in Tutti Frutti, or whatever they're calling it, that the document is merely a submission to the world to spur reflection and the like. Certain figures in the church have already decided to ignore that, and are now demanding the typical Catholic believe every word of it. I'm speaking here mostly of Pastor Jimmy Martin, the famous prosperity gospel Jesuit preacher who is famous for his bridge-building projects. He isn't demanding assent to this encyclical on the grounds of his ideas about architecture and engineering, though. That's because he's savvy. Rather, he is basing his demands on the issue of that regarding the ultimate move the sovereign can take against someone who crosses the law. I won't go into the entire debate about that topic here because it's frankly not relevant to what we're talking about, despite that issue being found in the Bible and endorsed by St. Paul, who submits himself to the authority of Caesar. What is important here is what Pastor Jimmy Martin is saying. On Twitter and in American Magazine, Martin says that Francis has closed the door forever on this discussion. Forever. The door is closed. By an encyclical that in the paragraph I read above says that it is nothing more than a reflection of the pontiff's own ideas that he wants us all just to ruminate on. And that's the issue. Why? Because James Martin is more than a Jesuit clergyman. He is more than the editor-in-chief of America Magazine. And he is more than someone who writes about bridge-building architecture. He is also a high-ranking official in the Roman Curia. Specifically, he works in the Office of Communications. In other plainer words, James Martin works in Rome, has known this encyclical is coming for some time, and almost certainly knew what it said. And the issue he is citing is scriptural in nature. It's the Bible. And Martin claims that Francis has closed this door on this issue forever. Why is this so important? Because that opens a door for a lot of other things to be updated by the entity calling itself the Catholic Church, and you should take that very, very seriously. The group that Martin is most passionate about has already jumped on this elsewhere, saying that this example I'm using is enough for what the Church says about other issues to change soon. And again, we're talking about dogma. We're talking about the core of Catholicism itself. In other words, there is something to be taken very seriously in this document. You can expect more moves like this from Rome in the coming months or years. For a greater, more in-depth discussion on this, I have an unfiltered talk with Trad Patrick that we recorded yesterday morning. Links are in the pinned comment on YouTube. If you're listening on an audio-only platform, the latest episode is where you'll find it. It's a long discussion, and we aren't having it here because we want to be completely unfiltered. There's a lot, a lot, that we go over in that talk as well, with citations of the document and going to what it really means going forward. It may be the most comprehensive talk on the subject from traditional Catholics that you'll find anywhere, so check the pinned comment on YouTube for a link to it. It's worth your time, and I do recommend reading it for yourself if you can. Just make sure you have you make time for it. It is not a short document. But to answer the question that I started with, is Fratelli 2D binding? It is to be taken seriously. Dismissing it is an error, but so is embracing it, for obvious reasons. But it is clearly being taken seriously by influential Catholics, and you should too, but not for the same reasons they are. But I don't believe it to be binding. I'll take Francis at his word on it. After all, we have it in writing.
please pray for the church. 2020 has been a wild ride. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.